that was okay. That. Hey, Solid. that was it. Close enough. That's uh, close enough for government work. Um, speaking of which, we are. Um, yeah, welcome to Game Busters. We're, that's a good segue because we're um, with the new administration and we're actually being sponsored by the government now. No way. Um, oh. Yeah, we're, we have our first gamer president actually. So. That's um, a good point. I didn't notice. <laughs> I actually, I see a lot of, I've been seeing a lot of memes about how, like, Biden is, like, our first gamer president. I don't know if there's, like, a, maybe has he, like, talked about, like, Animal Crossing once or something? Is they, that why they people are doing that? They did a thing where they made an island in Animal Crossing during the election campaign. I remember that. I think it was, they, like, a Joe Biden-themed uh, island they, that they was made tried. by his campaign. I'm, I'm sure they, he had a huge hand in making that. Yeah. I am sure that the Switch light was put into his palms for at least 30 seconds. So I'm gonna I'm typing in is Joe Biden a gamer into Google. Hold on. This is a great way to start the podcast. It is. Joe Biden calls video game maker a little creep. <laughs> <laughs> wait, who wait, who is video game maker? Just the maker of all video games. Uh, under video the Obama administration, stuff. uh okay, Biden says at one point one of the little creeps sitting around that table who was a multi close to a billionaire told me he was an artist because he was able to come up with games that teach you how to kill people. When asked if he's referring to video games, he affirms before returning to his criticism of various Silicon Valley leaders. I wonder, I, that, okay, can we all just agree that was Neil Druckmann? <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> Oh my god, Queen, um, can we get Biden to meet David Cage? Maybe he'll change his mind then. <laughs> Press R2 no. to, to kill your wife. Press L2 to save her. Whoa. David K shows that pulls out that binder of uh, pictures of Ellen Page he had when he was making Beyond. Oh Jesus. fuck! Oh no! Have, you, have you guys not seen that? I tried. No. It, I what tried is it? it? He had like a folder full of pictures of Ellen Page, and I think this was before she was cast in the game. Maybe that he made yeah. that. Yeah, so. I try and erase my memory of knowing that David Cage did that, and the fact that everyone just moved on and accepted it. I tried to erase my memory of games david cage has made because i think yeah. they're all terrible that's a good is idea. this sort of a is this is this podcast are we sort of veering away from the todd howard into sort we of the are. slam Listen, david cage? I, will, I, will every, I like to take every opportunity to say david cage does not make good video games and people need to stop <laughs> acting like that's not true we all need to move on um uh, this is game busters i think um <laughs> this is a podcast from gamebuster.com um, and every week we get together and we talk about how bad David Cage is at making video games while we reminisce about uh, the history and development of uh, of another game that everyone loves. So, Can I start a podcast uh, as just me talking shit about David Cage and his games? I guess I'll allow it. What well, would you call that? Cage Match is the name of the podcast. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Do you just have that um, ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I do improv, so. Um, oh, yeah, forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so... I also think, uh, maybe people don't know this, if anyone's listening. Yeah, like, before the pandemic, for the last seven years, I was a, a professional comedian. Uh, also, so, uh, yeah, come come see my work. Um, no, I, I did improv professionally for, like, seven years or so, and maybe eight years. And then the pandemic happened, and then I haven't done it for a year, and that's why I'm doing this instead. <laughs> is this not comedy enough for you, Nero? Are you not counting this? No, this is. I think this is comedic enough for me. I'm. I'm making all this shit up too. Um, <laughs> Wait, if you do improv, I don't think I've ever heard you say yes and. Yeah. The, okay. I, I don't. I know you're. I know you're like kind of just poking me right now, but like, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, and is is. It's an idea. You're not supposed to actually say yes and. 
you 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 accept what the other person has presented in the scene and then you add to it. I feel like my whole life is a lie right now, so Okay. Well, uh, let's let's just continue on. Um, I'm joined by our guests today, who are actually uh, accidentally the same uh, guests from last week. Uh, we have Luke from Game Luster. Hello. Luke. <laughs> God. And then Kyle's here from uh, the the was it the MTV show The Real World? Oh yeah, yeah. I was big famous on that. He was yeah. Hey, he was on Dal. He me. was on Dallas. Um, yeah, so... Wait, I'm having um, an out-of-body experience. Am I here or am I not? I didn't get introduced. I genuinely don't know <laughs> if I'm... Um, this is a podcast where I need to I need to open the outline. I need to get back on track. Um, okay, I'm, st- I'm looking at it. Yes. So, today, we are going to talk about Resident Evil uh, in celebration of the tall vampire lady from Resident Evil 8. Hey. Um, and also the game, uh, uh, just had a demo pop out. We know everyone's really hype on it. So we thought we'd take a look back at the OG Resident Evil. So we're really just covering that one today. I was thinking to kind of talk about the franchise, but then I realized there was like way too much to talk about with just even the first game. So, um, yeah, well, we may come back to the other ones. Um, I think, uh, yeah. So let's jump into the hall of fame list. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry. I'm again, remembering that onion article that was like, Let's just jump right into it, says YouTuber eight minutes into video. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen that one. It's so good. Um, okay, so let's just jump right into the Hall of Fame luster. So today we're going to be talking about the most insane mad science plot. Um, and I was stalling a little because Kyle is an emergency guest and didn't know he had to think of something for this. I got it now, though. I'm, I'm good. Oh, you got it. Okay, great, great. All right. Um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and let restart, though. So what what is your most insane mad science plot in, in video games? Okay, um, mine's fairly predictable. I went with um, Dr. Gerald Robotnik creating Shadow the yeah. Hedgehog because I'm, what I don't get is that he has the ability to create sentient life. And he put all of that power into a fucking hedgehog. You know, it's... it's okay. It's like you... Look. No, let me... Let, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want you to misquote Sonic lore on this <laughs> podcast. Um, so, uh, Shadow, remember, was actually the second prototype of the ultimate life form. The first one was the bio-lizard. Okay, so he, he started he, with lizards. So, Dr. Gerald Robotnik created a dinosaur... And then he said, no, no, no. And then he made a hedgehog. See, that makes even less sense. because I'm always struck by that, that classic line in, I think it's Shadow the Hedgehog, where he says, I'm Shadow, the most powerful hedgehog alive. And it's like, that's not really saying much, is it? Except it's a very so, I mean, he's bar. really... He's, well, he's just sort of talking about how he's, I guess, more powerful than Sonic, the other hedgehog alive. Yeah, but he could he could just say most powerful life form, and he probably wouldn't be far well, from Well, I think truth. he does have a catchphrase where he says, I am the ultimate life form. Yeah, but why did he have to say I'm the most powerful hedgehog alive? But it's, it's between... No time for games? <laughs> he needed to specify, okay? People were confused. <laughs> so, okay, so the creation of... The, what do you, what do you want to say the creation of the ultimate life form as a whole? And Yeah, and, and putting it either yeah, in yeah. a lizard or a hedgehog. And just not thinking bigger than that. The, I have to, again, just stress that the bio-lizard was really big. In fact, it was so big that when it merged with the Ark Station to become the, the Ark Cannon that was going to destroy the world at the end of Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, the final hazard was literally the size of a planet. Well, why on earth did he go from that to fucking hedgehog? You know what? I- then he made a hedgehog. This, okay, I'm looking at the bio- <laughs> I'm, No, you know what? 
This is all just like gibberish to me. As I'm looking at the bio lizard and I'm not impressed. I have it has to be said he should have. Spent... How are you not impressed by the bio lizard? It's just also the game end. By the way, that the bio lizard is like the second to last fight in Sonic Adventure Two Battle. So like if you're and you play as Shadow, so you have to literally kill your older brother to like advance the story. Well, that is it. So that it's is tragic. Classic. That's classic. It is Shadow. That's classic activity. Sonic. Yeah, yeah. That's I. They love tragic stories. I. I did not know Sonic ripped off DMC. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no. Okay, no one's played DMC. No. Never mind. <laughs> the main character, Nero, has to fight his own brother in the third oh. and fifth game. I've always... I've... It's a big plot point that, despite being brothers, they just fucking okay, hate each other did, and can't did, get along. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle come out first? Before DMC 3? I was making oh, a no, joke. Come on, on, if it's not factually correct. This is a, this is a factually correct gamer podcast. Mm. Um, DMC three came out in uh, two thousand five. Yes, so two thousand five, which was two years after Sonic Adventure two. Ooh. I'm sorry. Um, sources have. Thanks for the great <laughs> improv, guys. I make a joke and then you just fact check it instead of trying to play along. I literally with something. know. I, I would have, but I don't. I don't know anything about Devil May Cry. I think. Yeah, I remember the other day when you told me you haven't played like no. anything Capcom, and I was like, motherfucker, they had loads of good mm. games. In the 360 PS3 era. I, I, I tried to play DMC5, but, like, I got really sick because it's gross. The whole thing's very gross. And... Is yeah, it? because you're inside of a... You're inside, like, the entrails of a giant demon, like, most of the game. And every time you hit something, pus explodes out of it. And... It's more like a giant yeah, tree. Yeah, but it's, like, sure. organs and stuff. Like, it's not a tree interior. It's, like, you're inside of a living thing. And it's, like... It, it made me feel very queasy. But it's like a demon it tree. Right, but it doesn't make me feel better. Like, the imagery of, like, being inside of a big thing and, like, having, like, s saliva and, like, blood, like, flowing around you is, like, just not my favorite. That just sounds like an average Tuesday. <sighs> I want... Ah, man, I don't know. I asked other people, like, oh, does DMC5, is that just the first level? Or is it like that most of the way? They're like, it's really just that. <laughs> Most of the way through. Because <laughs> um, if it was just like one level, I'd power through it. But I, I don't want to commit to 20 hours of that if it's making me feel queasy. <sighs> I have no words. DMC5 is such a good game. And your whole reasoning is, oh, I got queasy because of like, guts yeah, and stuff. I well, yeah, so I don't, I don't want to play a game that makes me queasy. Because <laughs> there are a lot of video games that don't do that. So, yeah, there it is. Um, who's? Uh, I guess I guess Luke, go ahead and put your. What's your mad science? Okay, mine is Dead Rising Three, specifically. So, a bit of basic backstory is in the first game, there's a guy called Carlito who causes the outbreak that is response. The outbreak that you get caught in the first Dead Rising, right? He has a sister named Isabella. She causes or plays a hand in causing the outbreak that happens in Dead Rising Three. But her reasoning for doing it is that she knows someone in the area where the outbreak is happening is immune to the zombie virus. So her goal is cause the outbreak, find the immune survivor, make a cure, and then take credit for being like the hero who created the cure as opposed to her brother who caused a massive outbreak. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's... Oh, no, you're fine. I think I got you. Um... Did you... Oh, did you hear all that? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think, I think, I think just, yeah, just the very end got weird. Um, yeah, but I think I got you. Okay, cool. So, 
That is that is convoluted. I will give you that. Um, if if I start bringing up stuff from the first one, like how she knows where the survive the person who's immune might be, then it's just it's a whole other story. So I just okay. try and keep it as brief sure, as possible. Sure. Okay. Um, what was the guy? What was the scientist's name? Uh, Isabella Keys. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, Kyle, what did you bring? Uh, I'm going with the dragon Seath the Scaleless from Dark Souls. Uh, uh literally I mean, insane. Because he... Seath? Seath, yeah. I'm just gonna type... <laughs> I don't know. Alright. <laughs> so he literally went insane because he was born without the scales of immortality that literally every other dragon had. And he spent his life trying to figure out why, and he couldn't figure it out why. But oh. he created several creatures in the Dark Souls universe. Example, the Moonlight Butterfly, which you eventually find as a boss in that game. And yeah, he's just a insane sorcerer dragon. Okay. Going the, going the um, non-human approach there. What, what, did he have like a, a specific plot you want to point to? Like a, a crazy idea to do with his science? Uh, mostly just the creating creatures thing. <laughs> I, didn't have, I did not have that much creatures. time to prepare this. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, okay, I did a little bit of a deeper, a deeper dive here. Oh man, I have discovered a... Uh, a friend, um, I don't know if anyone has... Has anyone played Xenoblade Chronicles? A no. little bit. Um, there is a character named Zanza who doesn't appear till late in the game, but the lore of his mad science plot is very important because it literally created the universe. Um, he, uh, apparently before the universe existed, and this is... I, I checked the wiki to re-up myself on the lore here. Before the universe existed, he was a scientist. <laughs> What? Um, how, how? Right. And there's just a picture of him in a lab coat. Okay? <laughs> That's all that existed <laughs> is him and the lab coat. And he's like he's like pouring chemicals in his lab. And then in he the has void. a partner. And I, I didn't say. And then he has a partner, his coworker, and the two of them accidentally rip a hole in, in space and time and create a new universe out of nothingness. Like they created the world and the, the problem, though, is that they were, like, both torn in half. So half of them was trapped in the the void, I guess, or wherever they were before. And the other half were, were like, created as, like, the foundation of the new universe. And those two people became, like, the Bionis and the Mechonis, which are the two titans that everyone in the world of Xenoblade Chronicles lives on top of. And um, in doing that... He wanted to get the rest of his body back, right? So he was, like, half a guy doing more science. And he, his idea was that I'm going to recall... I'm going to open another rip in space and time and collapse the world so that I can recall half of my body back to me and implode the universe back to just my little floating science lab. Well, that is... A, that's and a bit bonkers. Yeah, I'll give yeah, you that. Type, yeah, okay. So... Yeah, that and... You know what? That's just science. <laughs> Yeah, and I, that's that's all I can all I can say for that. I think we went for like polar uh, opposite ones there because my one was put the ultimate life form in a hedgehog, and yours was create the concept of time and space. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, 
Uh, so let's see here. Re, where are your votes going? Um, okay, I've definitely got to throw one to the Xenoblade Chronicles one because holy shit, you know, aim high. Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my second one's gonna go to mine because you know we need to talk about Sonic as much as we can on this podcast. I'll agree with that statement. Uh, Luke, where are yours going? I'm also going to give one to Robotnik. Hey. I just think the idea that he can create powerful life forms and he creates a, sh- a bloody hedgehog is just all the all the animals you could go with. Why a hedgehog? <laughs> he saw he he played Sonic the Hedgehog and was inspired. <laughs> this is. And a good I will idea. also I'll also give over one to Xenoblade Chronicles because that just was madness. All right. Also, because I am a man of honor and I will not vote for myself. Oh, unlike right. some you can, people. You can vote for yourself. I can, but I'm a man of honor and I won't do oh, it. Oh, I see. Okay. Just, I, just I like... so he can call me out. You know, that's not very honorable, Luke. <laughs> Cancelling me on my own podcast. Listen, you don't think Double Dash is the best Mario oh, Kart? We... So, like, I really are we back on I this? Think it never your, ended. I don't really consider any of your opinions to be valid. We need to have. We need to have a, an episode where we finally. Hash it out. Maybe. Um. Wait. Were you? Wait. Re. Were you the one who was saying that? Like, which one did you say was the best? Mario Kart Wii. Right, and then you admitted to having never played any of the other ones, correct? No, uh, no, I've played all of them. Okay, that that was I, maybe that was whoever our guest was on that one. Yeah, I um, think it was, and we were all so, shocked. Somebody agreed with you, and then was like, oh, yeah, "I've never played that any was of the it. Other Yeah. Ones. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah that completely yeah. destroyed my argument. <laughs> it destroyed your argument. Yeah. Um. Alright, uh, Kyle, where are your votes going? Uh, I mean, I gotta give another one to Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, as for my second one, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give a Do sympathy I... vote to myself. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> We're so close. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna do any vote manipulation. I've, I've done enough of it. Um... <laughs> Because, I, I mean, as much as I desperately want the world to be comprised of just a big Sonic and a big shadow that everybody lives on. <laughs> that could be the next Sonic Adventure game. I mean, honestly, yeah. Um, and they're, like, connected by, like, a, a Chaos Emerald in the middle. And, like, oh, man. It's All right, potential. hold on. Um, yeah, it's potential. Anyway, I'm, I am going to give one to myself. I want, I wanted to do a combination, but no such luck. Um... I, I am gonna give. I was gonna give one to Doctor Robotnik. Um, they like, yeah. I, I think the whole process that he went through of like, I will create the ultimate life form, and then made a dinosaur, and then was like, no, I did it bad. Here's a hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, that's, the logic that's pretty is there. Insane. Like what? What joined? <laughs> what? what? What joined up that thinking? What, what? How does he get from point A to point B? What? What was your lot? What what is the logic jump? I, I, don't, I mean, I don't he know. has fought against Maria. Sonic, and Sonic keeps beating him. So he's like, obviously, hedgehogs are amazing. Can we talk about how Shadow fell in love with his human adopted sister? Yeah, that was that was a bit yikes, was wasn't weird. it? Yeah, they just presented that as if it was a normal thing for a, for us. It's to a little C plot. <laughs> also, like. <laughs> Yeah. Wait. Do we was Maria was not like Doctor Eggman's mother, right? Like she was like his aunt, I guess, or something. Um. Because I don't think they tell us. Wait. So Gerald hey, Robotnik. Jump into the lore here a little bit. Uh, hang on. So Gerald yeah. Robotnik is he the granddad or the uncle? Of... He's the grand. He's the grandfather. He's he's Eggman's like grandfather. Okay. So 
Maria could be... I think she's the aunt of Eggman. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think that's... Because I can't oh, imagine she's Eggman a cousin. being... Oh! She's, she's, she's his cousin? Yeah. Oh, so she... Okay, so That makes she's... it acceptable then, I guess. <laughs> so... All right, I'm glad we cleared that out. <laughs> that was going to bother me the entire podcast. <laughs> At one point, we'll talk about Resident Evil when we're done with the Sonic. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't we supposed it's to be now. talking about Resident yeah, Evil? Yeah, we got it. We got to do about it about incest and Sonic. <laughs> oh my god, we got to stop spending 20 minutes on this thing. So, welcome everybody to Bustums. Uh, we're talking about Resident Evil, the OG one today. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna dive a little bit into the the history of this game and how it was developed, and then we'll talk a little bit more about like the characters and the story and like you know why why everyone loves it so much. Um, so in um, this all starts in 1989 when Capcom releases a horror game called Sweet Home. Sweet Home. Does anyone know Sweet Home? I've heard of it. It doesn't sound as menacing as Resident Evil has to be said. <laughs> it it doesn't. Um, is it, it related of... to Sweet Home Alabama? The Leonard Skinner song. <laughs> I want to say that, yes, this game made by Japanese people in 1989 <laughs> was in Alabama. Um, so, yeah, like, this this game was, um, it was an okay hit. It, or, not okay. I mean, like, it did okay, you know, critically and commercially. Um, I don't think, it, I don't believe it released outside of Japan. Um but yeah, this this was basically a top-down version of what eventually would become Resident Evil. It had all the exact same mechanics of like, here's a diamond-shaped key, better put it in the diamond-shaped dog's head to find a scepter, you know? And it was a lot of that kind of energy. Um, but uh, yeah, so they they had, they had a good time with it, um, and they kind of thought it would be better, th- that it could be better. Uh, Tokuro Fujiwara was the guy who made that game, and in 1993, he was like, I want to remake this game I made four years ago, but, like, with modern graphics. Um, and his idea was, like, the basis of this game is good, but, like, uh, I want it to have, like, modern three-dimensional graphics, you know, people can walk around and control the camera, and, like, uh, I want to have it, like, be, like, a worldwide release. I want to have it be a big thing. And so, um... Yeah, in uh, in 1993, he uh, they commissioned a project to remake Sweet Home, and uh, Toko, uh, Tokuro Fujiwara put his uh, his number one guy Shinji Mikami, who was just like a junior developer at the time, on the project, and he said like You're taking the lead on this. Um, I want some fresh eyes on it. So um, yeah, the gameplay system was essentially the same. A lot of inventory management, puzzles, survival. There were like notes and diary entries, etc. Horror elements here and there. Um, yeah, but Fujiwara, he said, the basic premise was that I'd be able to do the things that I wasn't able to include in Sweet Home, mainly on the graphics front, and he was confident that the horror games could become a genre. So that's that was kind of interesting to me, because horror games were not a genre before Resident Evil. He's a visionary. I mean, genuinely, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, the, the idea of making a, like, what, what a horror movie brought to people in a video game had not really been conceived yet. Um, yeah, I think so, that completely shows as well. I, play, I actually have played a little bit of the original back on PlayStation, mm-hmm. and I don't know, they're, they're very much just focused on what they can make the player feel, um, and that's what I think they got back to in the remakes, was sort of just the psychological messing with you, 
not necessarily yeah. like putting a bunch of shit on the screen, but just how little can they put on the screen and still like scare the shit out of you, basically. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I loved is that the reason Mikami was chosen among his junior developers was that Mikami was like apparently a huge coward. <laughs> <laughs> and like <laughs> he was like this guy like jumps at everything he can't watch horror movies this guy understands more than anybody else i have here what it means to be frightened well kojima said the same thing like pre silent hills he said he always wanted to work on a silent hill game because it scared him so he would just make a game filled with things that scare him yeah exactly which is awesome um I think, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I really love that idea, and I, especially for back then, like the the creativity of choosing, rather than you know finding somebody who was like experienced maybe with like horror films or something like that to come in, like finding somebody who was just specifically just a big scaredy cat. Uh, it's like if Mario got Luigi to make a horror game. <laughs> Is that that's not that's not what happened, right? Well. Luigi didn't make Luigi's Mansion. I mean, no. why is it... No. But if he is called Luigi's Mansion, I assumed in the lore he constructed it. Or at least owned it. I Yeah, I thought like he inherits it or something. He do, He wins it in a... Okay, does nobody else play Luigi's Mansion? I've only played the third one. I've never played I don't it. know okay. the lore. In the, in the first <laughs> one, he wins the first one. In the first one, he wins the mansion in a contest that he did not enter. And then he shows up there with Mario, and Mario gets taken, and then becomes trapped in a painting, and then Luigi has to rescue him. Isn't that basically what happens in three as well? Is they win an all yeah. expenses trip? Well, yeah, to they win. Yeah, they never this entered. is the this is now the third time that Luigi has won some sort of a prize for a contest he didn't enter, fallen for it, and then showed up. See, don't don't <laughs> open Luigi's spam so emails. Don't- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah, so. During the first six months of development, uh, Mikami worked on the game uh, basically alone. He made some concept sketches, characters, wrote a bunch of scripts. Um, so his uh, the backdrops that he wanted, he he basically wanted to make The Shining. He kept citing The Shining, uh, the movie, as like his inspiration uh, for this game. So I know I know Stephen Kingle's thrilled about that. Um, I think he definitely nailed it with the. Uh, with the mansion, it like it, it does look very Shining esque. Yeah, yeah, I think that he was, he was specifically, like, they took pictures of the Overlook Hotel and actually, like, digitized them, basically, for inspiration for the backdrops. So, um, he also cited the movie, the 1979 film Zombie, as an example of what he did not want to do. He said everything in that movie, he did the opposite of it. <laughs> <laughs> just like, what, 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 what did he have, have against it? Game, I'm going to say that was a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, like, after seeing how the game turned out, I have to assume this movie was horrible. <laughs> um, so, initially, the game was actually in first person, and it featured a supernatural, psychological, like, Japanese horror style. Basically, it had a lot of Japanese monsters in it. Um, and then, eventually, they scrapped that after um, seeing George Romero's zombie films, and he's like, I want to make an American movie. I want to make an American zombie movie. Um which is, uh, again, just the latest in a trend of Japanese people seeing American things and being like, ah, this is the best one. I want to make it too. And then, like, doing it better. <laughs> See, like, this is my favorite fact about the Resident Evil franchise because it's so painfully obvious it's pandering to Americans just by the character names. I mean, Chris Redfield, fucking, you know, Kennedy, you know, like, these are the most American-ass names. 
Like they're literally calling them like bloody Joe Cheeseburger at this point. Just like please, please buy our games, Americans. Wasn't there one guy named like Dog the Bounty Hunter? Like th- th- <laughs> it's just so on the nose. It is. It's just like like Jill Valentine sounds like a name a non-Western person thinks a Western person is called, and I, I love it. Yes. It's so charming. I absolutely. Oh, it's such a good. It's name. very Hollywood, and I love it. <laughs> so um. He was about, like I said, he was doing, um, he was doing it in first person, and then he saw during development the 1992 movie Alone in the Dark, and then he was like, ah, fuck, <laughs> and he's like, we have to do fixed camera angles. <laughs> <laughs> the American movie told us to do it, so we have yeah, to do it exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> he he was like very reluctant, but then he he said later that the reason that they had to switch the camera style was because the a fully 3D camera was beyond the PlayStation's capability, and it. It um, 100% isn't just right. the, the movie did it well, so we wanted to <laughs> yeah. do what Hollywood told us to. Glorious Hollywood. Well, I mean, I will also say, like, uh, there, are, there are several instances throughout the story of Mikami saying, like, I wanted to, th- to do this, but the PlayStation technology wasn't there. Like, he, he was actually very disappointed with the PlayStation technology. Uh, I'm kind of glad that even... it happened, though. Yeah. Because the fixed camera angles do add to the eeriness of the game. They absolutely do. Um, having having that, and, and I mean, like, we all know, like, fixed camera angles have kind of become a staple of the horror genre of, like, creating, like, controlling, I mean, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll say this, like, I think that the only difference between, like, um, just a, like, you know, like a regular game and a horror game, but, like, if you take out the monsters and stuff, it's really about controlling where the camera is, like, that is that is the power of that. And, like, even in Resident Evil 2 Remake, when they had, like, a fixed camera, like, you, when you when you were not not a fixed camera like when they had like a free camera like you every single place you walk in like they can't what you're seeing through the camera angle is controlled like it's it's a very directed experience you know which is why it worked out so well yeah yeah and i think that's why i've stuck with resident evil because i'm not even the biggest fan of the horror genre um but resident evil is just so gripping because it gives you like, like, like that false sense of control Especially in the remakes, when they give you a bit of control of the camera, and it's like, "Ha, huh, psych! No, you do. No. You're playing this our way," um, and that's just really gripping. Yep. So um, originally, this was supposed to be a co-op game where um, you know you had two people locally playing co-op, but again, this was removed because the PlayStation just wasn't powerful enough to handle doing co-op. God damn it, Sony! That would explain why there's essentially kind of two separate stories. Yes. Like, yeah. Of Chris or Jill. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a, a demo eventually showed up in 1995 at the V-Jump Festival, uh, where they featured a lot of cool stuff, uh, like including real-time weapon changes and things like that, and they even showed off the characters. So this is fun to me. Dewey, uh, a black man, was intended to perform a comic relief role, and there was supposed to be another character called Gelzer, who was a cyborg, who was like a strongman character, and then they were re- replaced by Rebecca and Barry. <laughs> later on how again i mean still barry is kind of a strong yeah. character yeah yeah in the resident that, evil game that so. leap. that's a gerald robotnik leap <laughs> <laughs> the gerald robotnik <laughs> leap dude like how he goes from a he just goes from a cyborg to just this kind of stereotypical like this is like a, a strong cop guy <laughs> yeah um so the reason that they ended up choosing to develop exclusively for the PlayStation is because he said only, like specifically, Mikami said only PlayStation has enough polygons for me. 
And even then it was disappointing. And even then it was, yeah, he was, this man was living 10 years in the future of video <laughs> games. Like, he's like, okay, this is the best, this is the most powerful system right now, but it's not good enough. Imagine if you um, could show him the tall vampire lady and be like, this is, this is what oh you can God. do in the future. And just keep at it. Eventually, you'll make this. Eventually, you will make this is this is you will make everyone horny for one look day. Look at this tall vampire lady. You are res- what you're doing right now will be responsible for this in about twenty years time, <laughs> twenty thirty years, thirty years. Jesus. Oh. Holy shit! No. Uh, you're making that up. So, uh, eventually, the team ended up with about eighty people on it. Um, I will mention that um, during this whole time in development, Capcom was a hundred percent sure this game was going to fail. They thought it was going to be a big hit, a big like swing and a miss kind of a situation. They ended up, they didn't give a ton of money to Mikami. Like he, he had enough to get, have like a, a large enough team to work on it. But like that, he really had to fight with them to like, you know, for them to, to give money for this project. They really thought it was doomed to fail. Um, and now, and now we have the tall lady instead. So, <laughs> <laughs> So again, so Mikami again came back and he didn't want to port it the, this game to the Saturn because he said there aren't enough polygons. <laughs> God it's all damn about it. the polygons. He could have saved the Saturn, for God's sake. <laughs> well, the Saturn version did come out uh, in uh, 1997. It's too late. Um, <laughs> too late. <laughs> too late, yes. <laughs> what, one hilarious thing about this was like people were apparently begging for a Saturn version and Sega was like on his ass like trying to get him to port it. And then finally he did, and at the Tokyo Game Show in 1997, he showed that off, and then the, he immediately followed it with a demo for Resident Evil 2, and it said PlayStation only. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's why Sega went a bit loopy. Maybe he is actually single-handedly responsible for them dropping out of the, the console race, just because they, they Honestly, could go though, that like, burn. If- the Resident Evil was such a big hit that if it had been like a Saturn game, I think it would have actually saved Sega in the whole consoles like war, like legitimately. We have found ground zero um, for the the Sega disaster. It's here. We discovered it. If only it had uh, enough polygons, it could have happened. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go damn. back if, in time they... to Sega and just go like, it's all about the polygons. Just trust me on that. Oh, shove just as many more. <laughs> as many as you can. Um. So yeah, the live-action full-motion video sequences were, were filmed in Japan with a cast of American actors. And they are again. glorious. Um, so, this is amazing. The Japanese version of the game doesn't have Japanese dub either. It's this. It's the same thing, just with Japanese captions. <laughs> so um, it's like, you all love Hollywood. Huh. You, they, you all love it. <laughs> well, the thing is that Mikami recorded... He had a, a cast of Japanese actors record the entire thing, the entire game, and then he was like, no, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and he just didn't put he said like he said it wasn't up to snuff with like the quality people expected from Capcom oh the, my the voice performance god of everybody of all the Japanese actors apparently were bad and it, it took it um, took him the whole game to realize that <laughs> I guess so uh, see I know I think with um, that, that live uh, live action opening there are like if you look it up there are videos of people who have tracked down the actors who played them uh, and like interviewed them about the shooting process and I think, like, maybe the only one they haven't found is the one who played Jill Valentine. Or I could be wrong about that, but they've, like, tracked down a lot of the actors that were in that live-action opening and interviewed them about the experience of doing it, basically. Right. 
Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I genuine uh, for me, I don't think the Japanese cast did a bad job. I think the real reason Mikami didn't want to include that is because he wanted Japanese people to also feel like they were watching an American movie. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he he was um, dedicated to the vibe at that point. Yeah, he couldn't separate the man from it. Uh, so the lead programmer, uh, Yasuhiro Anpo, said later that due to all the development staff being Japanese, they were unaware how poorly localized the game was. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, which, which is totally fair, totally fair for them being Japanese. But Luke, could you, hit, could you hit a few points of the localization problems with this game? Well, I think the most famous line is Jill Sandwich, in which <laughs> there is a scene where um, Jill walks into a room, gets locked in, and then the roof starts lowering... And Barry shows up at the nick of the time to help her out, and his he when Jill thanks him, and then he says, "You were almost a Jill sandwich." <laughs> well, hold on. Which, See, that's hold hilarious. On, hold on, I, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's just I think there's more like Master of Lockpicking is another one. Oh god, yes. like that comes from the first game because Jill like actually has a lockpick and pick locks on doors, and I think like somebody has a lockpick and says, "Here, Jill, you should have this. You're the master of." unlocking after all (laughs) there's a lot of there's just a lot of really famous lines that come from the first games bad everything's so clunky that first come to mind so so clunky and i i love that they were essentially like weebs for america and it and it really shows yeah (laughs) yeah like the, the i think one of the sort of the appeals of resident evil up until about seven i think seven doesn't do this as much but a lot of like all the resident evil games pre seven are just really cheesy in ways. Like it's like RE4 especially is the absolute yeah. worst for it, but I think all of them have just varying levels of this sort of weird cheesiness to them that is clearly informed by people trying to make a game featuring Americans that have never actually been to America or met Americans. See, I think yes. the cheesiness is something that always brings me back to the Resident Evil games. Yeah, I, love like, it. I think it, I absolutely think love it. I think it's especially RE4 just has some of the funniest lines you'll hear in a game. Like when Salazar says, I'm going to send my right hand after you, and Leon's response is, your right hand comes off. <laughs> like, uh, it's... like, lines like that, it's just, it sounds stupid, but there's just something brilliant about it. Yeah, yeah. That's like the sort of that level of cheese that we saw, like 7 and 8, 7 and the way 8 looks, they're a bit more serious. But I think in the 2 remake and 2 and 3 remakes, they still kind of bought it back, the sort of just weird cheesiness of those games that I think is part of their appeal. Yeah. It, despite being scary in a lot of ways as well. It's it's supposed to feel very classic Hollywood, I think. Um, and I feel it makes you remember the characters better too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? Shout out to Leon Kennedy for being the first bit of himbo representation in popular media. I, I love Leon <laughs> Kennedy, but Leon Kennedy is far and away one of the dumbest people <laughs> in the, One of the dumbest and video game that's characters what, I, I, It's a miracle that he survived this long. Like in our, in Resident Evil Two, he's just like so hopelessly good and so quick to believe anybody and everybody around him that I just think, how did he survive? Like he's just such an idiot. He would not have made he, a good he cop. Just, he just had he needed no. a character arc, so he starts off super dumb. Yeah, and then he has to like he, end up learning. He he not ends to be very naive. dumb. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. still dumb. But he's not as nice. Like, he doesn't make. He doesn't make it as a cop, and then he becomes a government agent, and he goes to Spain to try and find the president's daughter, and it's just He's like, failing upwards. But he's like, <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, like, I love Leon, but he's a moron. I mean, that, that right. is an accurate representation of the West, failing upwards. Like, that- oh, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Mikami hit it right on the head. All right. <laughs> um, 
So, um, Mikami had expected to sell about 200,000 copies, maybe, because uh, he said this is going to be for hardcore gamers only. Um, but casual audiences actually jumped on it, and uh, they sold about a million copies in a year, which was almost unheard of back then for video games. Like, this this game, the first game in the series, was just, like, a giant success commercially. Um, yeah, like I said, Cap- Capcom had projected that the game was going to flop, um... And it is very... Uh, I don't know if I would say Resident Evil was the first horror game. It, it really was the first dedicated horror game, but it, it definitely was the first successful horror game. It's like Doom for FPS. It wasn't the first, but yes. it was a big one yes. that yeah. popularized that genre entirely. Let alone the fact that it's like one of... It's ever since has been one of Capcom's biggest franchises. Right, right. It's and, uh, never really faded away. And, uh, yeah, as of now, it is still the Capcom's biggest franchise. Um, still by a good bit. Monster Hunter's coming up on it, but... Um, I mean, I think World is the single best Capcom... Yes. Single best-selling Capcom game of all time. It sold, like, 10 million, which was nuts. No, it, it actually sold about 25 million now. Is that... Yeah, which is... It, it far and away beat every other game they've ever made by, like, multitudes... Um, and I think I remember reading that the Monster Hunter Rise demo crashed the eShop because so many people were trying to download it at once. Yeah, so like, yeah. That franchise is getting big, but I think Resident Evil. I think even, like, looking at the hype for RE8 over the last week, like, Resident Evil's still, like, the king. I wouldn't say it's hype, I'd more it's just a bunch of people. Oh, horny are, people, yeah. Are both scared and attracted to a giant vampire lady, as well as those other <laughs> weird women they showed off in the recent trailer. Oh, that just made it worse. I, and by that, I mean better. Because I'm in. There's gonna be so many people that are both terrified and have an erection while playing with me. Like, only way I know how. <laughs> All right, so this game in uh, a lot of people know this already, but Resident Evil, the franchise in Japan, is called Biohazard. Um, they had a problem uh, because their Capcom director um, at uh, in their American and uh, in their sorry in their North American office. Um, his name was Chris Kramer, just another very American man. <laughs> um, he said, like, okay, the word biohazard is actually, like, we can't trademark it. They tried to trademark it, and they couldn't because of the 1992 video game Biohazard Battle, and then also the New York alternative metal band Biohazard. <laughs> so, so, sorry. Um, yeah, but um, they couldn't trademark the video game uh, uh, Biohazard, so they had to come up with a new name. So Capcom ran an internal company contest. <laughs> so everyone in the company got to like un- like put in a hat, like <laughs> a new idea for a name for this franchise. They got to flex their American weeb knowledge. Right. Um, so the name Resident Evil was settled upon, um, and they thought it was like okay, since it takes place in a mansion, I don't think they don't know specifically who put it in the hat, you know, to like submit it. <laughs> no one wanted to own there. up to it. No one was proud no. enough of it. Uh. Chris Kramer actually came out and said that he thought the name was incredibly stupid, but he also admitted he couldn't think of a better one. <laughs> oh, I love, I love that he was willing to admit that. <laughs> Does anyone have a better idea? Okay, we have 10 seconds right now to think of a better idea for the game Biohazard. What's its name? Go. Um, Z- zo- Zombie House. Zombie house. There, there are zombies <laughs> in the house. Zombie mansion. Um, um, zombie mansion. Bad panic. illness. Ooh. Um, uh, zombie mansion colon panic exclamation point. <laughs> so panic a, house. Vi- 
virus. A pandemic house. That's what I was yeah. trying to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to come up with Pandemic house is where I live. <laughs> right now. I was just trying to come up with something that doesn't involve dead because there's so many zombie games that have the word dead in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to know what you're getting I mean, like, into. You, you don't get... You don't get many horror games that don't have, like, dead or something that means I was literally about to say Walking Dead, and I was fuck, that's already a thing. Um. Ah, damn it. (laughs) Um, Alright, so there was some censorship for the English version of this game. Um, There were shots of mangled corpses, the Cerberus zombie dog being shot, and Joseph's death. I don't know who... So I've not played the original Resident Evil. I've watched a full playthrough of the entire thing. Um, but I did forget who Joseph is. Um, I think he's the guy who gets mauled by dogs at the start before they get into the mansion. Ah, okay, okay. Um, so that was edited out, and then as well as all scenes featuring Chris Redfield smoking a cigarette, <laughs> which like you don't want the people to see that. Okay, yeah. it was ni- it was ni- Listen to me, it was 1993. Like, is that surprising to anybody? It is a bit, to be honest, that they're all okay with this game where you're stuck in a. Re, you may not know about the anti-smoking campaign that Bill Clinton led oh, here. Oh shit! In the 90s, I forgot that was a like, big thing in America, wasn't it? Over it, America, yeah. especially though, is like so weird about censorship, and I always thought we are. Like, yeah, The Walking Dead was on a regular channel, so. They couldn't have swearing in it, but they could show people getting violently shot. It's very by zombies. It is. It is just like I think it is impossible to parse what is okay and what is not okay just, over here. Yeah, like it's just American censorship to me is so weird. Right, just for context, for um, Americans confused by my confusion over here, smoking was more or less. I think I'm right in saying the complete opposite. So smoking was incredibly normalized, uh, at least when I was growing up in the noughties and um, in the. 90s as well, I think, uh, to the point where you could pretty much just bloody smoke anywhere you wanted. Um, and I remember, especially in the early 2000s, smoking advertising was incredibly lax. So yeah, we were we were the exact opposite. Yeah, I think I think Europe has gone sort of the opposite direction. Like I I don't know, Kyle. When's the last time you saw somebody smoke a, a, a cigarette? Uh, I t- I genuinely can't even call to mind God. a situation where I've ever seen Mine that. Was today, I, I go into work and there's, there's several <laughs> of them outside. There's just a guy in my living yeah. room. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so um, this was actually one of the first games to receive a mature rating from <laughs> Hillary Clinton's ESRB ratings board. Um, God. I call it that God damn it, because, uh, I mean, like... Yeah, Hillary. Uh, she, I mean, she didn't invent it, but she's the one who caused it to be created indirectly. Um, by, uh, and I, I do want to again mention something that, like, in the, I, I think a lot of people know about the creation of the ESRB and the the court case and everything, where they, you know, Hillary Clinton like went to to court to like talk about how like these you know these bad games were being sold to children, um, and she called she referred to this game as the Resident of Evil Creek. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I was about. That's not a bad name. It's though. not a bad name, Hillary. She should put that in the hat. <laughs> Get Chris Kramer on the phone. <laughs> uh, too late. She's fucking copyrighted it. She's what? She's she's, sit, oh, she's sitting on that and she's waiting. God. Um. So yeah. Um. This received received a mature rating. So you know, not allowed to be sold to anyone under the age of eighteen. Um. So in the game itself, uh, the the auto aiming function was disabled in the American version for some reason, and like the numbers of the ink ribbons found by the players was reduced. I guess because they thought we were stupid. <laughs> um, True. Um, so they um, 
the Mikami's actual original plan was that the boxes wouldn't be connected. You know, the item boxes where you store your shit, like that they weren't connected. Yeah. Um, oh, that would have made it so much harder. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would have made it so difficult. Yeah, and so they um, they removed it from the retail release where you, so they in the retail version that ended up getting out everywhere. You all the boxes are interconnected, but um, Mikami kind of thought of this sort of as like a hard mode for the game. Um, an interesting note here, Shinji Mikami noted that they made the American version harder at the request of the American staff so that the game could be rented and not be completed in a few days. <laughs> Capitalism breeding innovation at, at right the fucking, there. Yeah. You walk into the blockbuster, <laughs> you get, you get your copy of Resident Evil, you take it home, and then you're finished the next day, you come back and you've paid two dollars, two American dollars for that experience. Um... Things were simpler. Oh, I miss that. This is when games weren't like have multi-billion dollar budgets yeah. and about 20 million people working on a single entry though, so... Yeah, yeah. When they didn't um, need to sell like 5 so million copies. So yeah, uh, Resident season. Evil was remade in 2002 and was part of an exclusivity agreement between Capcom and Nintendo. So uh, Nintendo actually like, you know, they had a contract for them to remake Resident Evil 1 exclusively for them for the GameCube. Um... So yeah, Mikami decided to produce a remake of the original game because he felt that the graphics hadn't aged well and he wanted new players to appreciate it. What's those um, polygons? I, it's he, Mikami just like had this huge hard on for polygons. He's, He's like, the GameCube has how many polygons? <laughs> <laughs> it made it easy to fit it somewhere. Um, and I think a lot of people don't remember this because this was the last, the only, the the last and only time Nintendo did this. But the GameCube was far and away the most powerful console of its generation. Um, I forget yeah, the that. GameCube was m- way more powerful than the uh, the the uh, PS2 or the Xbox. And everyone made fun of it because it looked like a lunchbox, as if that wasn't a bonus. Well, that was a that was exact. Thank you. It, that was good. It, was por- <laughs> like, it made I it portable. <laughs> My, I still think every night as I'm trying to fall asleep, I remember the the Switch presentation in 2017 where they like they're like every console in our history has influenced the creation of the Switch. The GameCube had a handle, so it was portable. <laughs> like, what, are you t- like, what are you talking about? And he's not wrong. You just couldn't play it while it was portable. You know what? You know what? As someone who had to go between different houses to see my parents, that was the easiest one to log around. Oh my that- god, I yeah, did too. That was, that- yeah, no, we had that. That was yes. the divorced okay, okay. parents' yes. console. That was. Dude, it absolutely was. Um, okay, so um. Yeah, the the um, Mikami felt that the GameCube finally had enough polygons to bring the game closer to the original. <laughs> yeah, we got to see his vision finally. <laughs> He's the original Todd Howard. I love it. Oh my god! Yeah, the developers originally planned to, and then Todd snapped him up later. Oh Holy my shit. god! Full circle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the developers originally planned to make all enemies invisible <laughs> in the new version. <laughs> what? You're, you're making that up. You're making that up. No, I'm not. That literally was that was apparently an idea that was pitched. Like all enemies are invisible, and then they realized that it would be very hard. <laughs> I want to say that's a bonus mode. Yeah, I, I want to see this version. Oh, it <laughs> might be. I remember the remake has some really nutty bonus modes. Like there's another one where only one zombie spawns in every. It, the same zombie will keep spawning in every different room, and if you shoot it, it explodes and kills you instantly. <laughs> <laughs> that's such an interesting idea. They, wow. they're like, they're, the first remake especially has a lot of just, like, replayability. Yeah. Okay. Like, they've always been on the short side, and I remember the remake having a lot of weird modes. 
All right, nice. The nice. remake was my first oh. experience with Resident Evil, so it's I th- thought okay. it was a pretty good intro. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so just quickly, the remake was made by four people in 2001. What? They made it in just over a year, and they crunched for the last two months with long days and literally no breaks for two months. That's pretty crazy because that remake is so good. It's unbelievably good. Yeah, in- it's... And wow. it looks, still looks really well. Like The HD remakes they put on the 1 and PS4 of it are like ridiculously good looking yeah. for the ports yeah. of a GameCube game. Right, and so this was met with critical acclaim everywhere. It outsold the original, and it sold about 1.35 million, um, which is a lot for the for a GameCube game not made by Nintendo. I mean, I'm not looking at any numbers right now, but like, I I have to guess that's the highest selling GameCube game that wasn't made by Nintendo. Well, Resident Evil 4 was also initially exclusive to GameCube. Oh, okay, that must have been part of their exclusivity agreement then. Yeah, it was initially exclusive, but eventually got ported to PlayStation right, right. 2 and Xbox. Okay, huh. Because they, they had the whole Capcom 5 thing that was like Killer7 and some other games that were supposed to be GameCube exclusive. Okay, alright. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that's kind of covering the development here. So I want to talk about the plot um, a little bit. So, uh, Kyle, why don't you tell me a little bit about, like, what this what is this story about in this first game? Uh, well, they are responding to uh, some sort of outbreak in the town Raccoon City, I want to say. <laughs> That's the second one. I think, is it Liberty City is the first? Is that somewhere else? No, that's Grand Theft Auto. Uh, (laughs) Raccoon City is Resident Evil. In the first one, they go up to the Spencer Mansion in the woods. They're answering a distress call from the other stars team that went up there and then lost communication. Yeah, they lose lose communication. Everything goes to shit. Basically, they yeah they get attacked by unknown. Oh, my phone is going off. Just I'm sorry. What's happening? <laughs> my phone just went off. My mum's ringing me. Is the um, bacon bacon pancakes thing your ringtone? Yep. Oh, I love it. But uh, it is absolutely. It's been that for a long time. <laughs> so they get trapped in this mansion <laughs> by zombie dogs on the outside. Um, and basically they just have to f- figure out a way to escape. As the general plot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that really is it. Once they get in the mansion, it's just kind yeah, of... Yeah, we got to find a way out of here. survive? How do we get out of here? And then, they, as they explore the mansion, they realize there's some messed up shit going on in there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I can't remember... Do they do they talk a lot about, like, the Umbrella Corporation and all that big shit in this one, or no? Yeah, they... Yeah, eventually, yeah. yeah. Like initially, it's just them trying to survive until they start to discover that Umbrella's been doing some messed up shit. I think that's I think that's like a late game ish revelation. It's yeah, like I think once they stumble upon the lab under the mansion, that's when it starts to yeah. realize, oh, this is all Umbrella. And then that's then it's more of a plot stuff. point in uh, in the second one. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I you you actually invade the lab and everything in the second one. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about um, Jill Valentine just as, as a character because she's definitely been one of, um, I, w- I would say, like, one of the more, like, I guess, well-known and prestigious characters in video games. Um, and, like, she had, like, kind of an interesting, like, um, I guess, uh, creation. Um, so, like, initially, like, um, Mikami had uh, talked about how... So, he, he and... Uh, one of the art designers, Isao uh, Okishi, I think is how it's said, um, 
had had uh, had designed her, and so he um, Mikami was very staunch about not wanting women to appear submissive in Resident Evil. He did not want them to become objects of uh, uh, you know like sexual objects, um, and so that's why he tried to kind of push Jill Valentine to the forefront of the story, and why he kind of pushed her character to be very independent and competent. Um, he also specifically made her like of a military background to like kind of stop people from thinking that she was you know any of any less competence than any of the men in the story Wait, so this is why he made uh leon kennedy the dumbass sexual object very progressive yeah yeah it, like, honestly well, like the whole team in the first one are either like ex-soldiers or highly trained cops yeah yeah so um so yeah, her um her inventory she, she's like a, her her story is a little bit easier if I recall. Like they give you a little few bonus things, like you have a larger inventory and the lockpick. You start out with a so, gun. So you don't have a gun when you start as Chris Redfield. Yeah, I remember rightly. Jill has more inventory space, but Chris can take more of a beating. If okay. I, if what I remember. Okay. Yeah. Um. So uh, he he was like, uh, like I said, he he wanted to. Mikami was like aware that like most of his player base was going to be male. What he wanted to do was create a female character that people chose to play as, that his male players chose to play as, not because like of se sexual objectification, but because they admired her. And so he, with with that in mind, like that that kind of all went into the creation of this character. Um, and I mean, like again, like I, I mean, and no joke, like that that's a very progressive thing for like a, a studio to do in like you know the early '90s, like that. Um, and that's that's really awesome that Mikami is like you know a cool person and not a jackass like everyone else. Resident Evil is a franchise with a history of strong female characters like Claire in the second one. Is yeah, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, Jill specifically is just like a straight up badass. Um, Mikami said this. I don't know if I've put more emphasis on women characters, but when I do introduce them, it is never as objects. In other games, they will be peripheral characters with ridiculous breast physics. I avoid that sort of obvious eroticism. See, it's it's interesting he says that because I believe in the Xbox and PlayStation ports of the Resident Evil One remake, I'm pretty sure they added uh, boob physics to Jill. Uh, it was on the GameCube version too. Oh, Nintendo loved it. Hang on, the smoking isn't allowed, but jiggling breasts. Isn't this isn't the original. This is the remake from. In the remake, they had uh, jiggly boob physics. Of course, they did. Um, a lot of people apparently like found this character confusing um, when the game came out. Uh, critics were. Critics were confused because they weren't supposed to objectify this female character <laughs> and, like, didn't understand how the game worked. You mean they're presenting a woman as an actual person who can do <laughs> things? No Guys, way. it sounds like you're inserting politics into my video game here. Yeah. I will say that Mikami also made a request when he left, um, when he left, um, uh, Capcom eventually. Uh, he made a request to anyone making any future Resident Evil games to not objectify Jill, and that to keep her as like a strong, uh, independent, and like competent character who could take care of but herself. But no, it was the evil SJWs on Twitter which made them censor um, Jill in the remake, and we should all be outraged because she. D what did they censor? Oh, because didn't she they, didn't she just wear? She was wearing the sports bra. Uh, yeah. Now? Oh, and problem? also, um, apparently she's not wearing a mini skirt anymore, and it's very, very, very oh, important to the law. That she is wearing a miniskirt. No, the, I think, 
I think the uh, the outrage stemmed from a bunch of people who had the classic Jill outfit and were disappointed that she happened to wear pants under the skirt. <laughs> what, they expected to see her vagina, I mean? <laughs> yeah, so they just... For some reason, there was a collection of people who got angry that Jill wears pants under the original classic outfit and were like, this isn't faithful to the original. It's like, well, could you see under her skirt in the original? Based on the static camera angles, I don't think you could. But they could, they, they could yeah. sense the gentles there, and that was enough for them. Uh, so what is it about this that you think that, like, sticks with people? Like, why, why is, I mean, I'll, I'll, sweeping generalization here, I mean, Resident Evil is still sort of the definitive horror video game series. Like, what, what is it about that series that has stuck with people so much, and, and why, like, it's sort of the, the definition of that thing? I think it's largely because, you know, gameplay can age, and graphics can age, but atmosphere doesn't, really atmosphere can still stick with you no matter how old the game gets and i think like if you go back to the original resident evil you will still be scared and i think that that's why it works yeah i, yeah. I think i definitely agree with that the the atmosphere of the original one I, I don't think any of the other games have really compared to the atmosphere of the original yeah i i think that's true um i I, I love the uh, I loved watching the I actually watched the the Game Grumps play the original one the or the HD remake of it which was very funny but like it also was like really fun really cool how like um I don't know like th- there's sort of an existential dread to it too it's not like it's not a it's not a game dependent on jump scares which I think is great. yeah true no I think seven especially was as well like does even though even though it has like vr stuff where the stuff made for vr where things get right in your face it always felt like it was telegraphing it right jumps making it clear they were coming yeah 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 and i think our resident evil one's only real jump scare is when you're going along the bottom floor and the dog's bursting yeah. through the window i think that's like but like that scare is like a really legendary one that people always talk about yeah, like, one of, I think for me, like, from what I've seen, like, the scary, like, one of the scariest parts of that game is, like, seeing uh, Lisa Trevor, like, the, the creature, and, like, you, you don't, like, it's not like a jump scare, it's not like jumping and running at you, like, just seeing it there, and, like, understanding what it is, is, like, the, the existential terror of the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it, like, you can apply the same thing to Mr. X in Resident Evil 2, there's... They do like a really good job of just creating something that's scary without b- them needing to explain it. It's just like it shows up and you can tell them it's not oh, this thing. Is yeah, right. Rip, rip. It's like the same deal with Mr. X. He makes just such a blunt entrance. It's not telegraphed or foreshadowed in any way. The fact that rip, Mr. X is maybe the scariest character in video games because the fact that when I didn't know what he was going to do when he caught me, right? When I was playing the remake. Because yeah. I had not played this original one. But like when it, I was so scared he was going to like you know, something really, really horrible was going to happen, and he did catch me, and he just, he just fucking clocked me in the back of the head. Like, yeah, I love the... There's no... And for some reason, it was just worse. It's worse because he just fucking punches you. Like, that's, to, that's horrifying. He's just going to hit me real I, hard. And then he wait, you know, and then he waits for you to get up, and then he punches you again. Like, it's horrifying. I, I like he's just a bully. Mr. X. Like, he's so terrifying, yes. but he's literally just, he just walks up to you and punches you. There's no over-the-top animation there's no ridiculous thing it's just like no he's just gonna follow you around and punch you if he gets close enough yes yeah and um because i got too scared while playing resident evil 2 i installed a mod 
that made it so that instead of the music, so that when the music that when he was approaching you was the, um, X gone, give it to you. <laughs> I've seen that one. Oh my God. <laughs> I think the, the uh, sound of him like stomping around just like freaked yeah, me out. Yeah, that stomping. Oh the sound oh, yeah, in two remake really scary. is, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that I, I remember like when um that was like announced as like one of the game of the year nominees, I was like, it's a remake. I don't know if that's right. And then I played it and I was like, alright, yeah, this is in the discussion. I get it. <laughs> like Um That that's a phenomenal game, but we'll we I think we'll probably end up doing a Resident Evil two episode. Oh, I could watch the RE two and how brilliant it is for hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um okay, so yeah, the uh yeah, so le- what are your th- what are anyone's thoughts on Resident Evil 8, just from what we've seen so far? If we could just maybe stray away from the tall of vampire I lady. I have got oh. no points to okay. say. I, yeah, I, gotta, I got to think now. On the one hand, <laughs> I think it looks good, but also I got some feelings from, like, massive, ac- more action-heavy vibes again from it. Like, some of the stuff in it made it look like maybe they were leaning into the action a little harder than before, which, don't get me wrong, like, RE- Resident Evil 4 does that really well, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm being optimistic yeah. about it because I got some massive Resident Evil Four vibes from it in general. Especially like they brought back the inventory system from Resident Evil Four, which is just low key like a really great thing. Um, and okay. it still looks like it's going to be really violent, which I think was a great thing that RE Seven did was like a complete tonal shift going from cheesy Americanized yeah. horror to this really violent grindhouse feel. Like, yeah, like the first half of that game when you're fighting the Baker family is far far stronger than the second half which is more like classic resident evil like it's not bad yeah but the first half of that game and the baker family are just so like crazy and memorable yeah but... yeah this the family is way scarier than like the goop monsters yeah. from the wall or whatever the fuck so like yeah. the fact that they've got clearly established villains again they've got giant vampire lady and her free i guess those were her three sisters she mentions in a phone call and why are they so small, though? Know. But if they go, like, the same way RE7 <laughs> did, where each family member was a different genre of horror, like, I would love... I, I, On the one hand, I'm terrified, but also, based on what they did in RE7, I hope they get even more mm-hmm. violent and disgusting, because it was just such a yeah, massive yeah. change that they just... Uh, I just loved it. Like, I'm a long-time Resident Evil fan, and even after Resident Evil 6 and Revelations 2 not being great, I was still, like, day one purchase for Resident Evil 7. I was still just, like... I love this franchise too much. So, like, I'm really looking forward to REA, even though I've got some concerns about what the trailer stuff... As well as that, just that... Multi- I, they need to give up on multiplayer. I don't know why they're so obsessed with trying to get some sort yeah, of multiplayer okay, let's... game. Like, I really wanted to like the multiplayer uh, they bundled with Resident Evil 3, but they just completely screwed it up with balancing. They... All they have to do is literally slap Dead by Daylight in the game and replace the monsters with Resident Evil or monsters. Just, they don't have to do anything else. Or just do a collaboration. Else. Put Nemesis in Dead by Nemesis or Mr. X in Dead by Daylight. Yes, that's a better. As, idea as someone who actually. plays a lot of Dead by Daylight, I would love like Mr. X, and then maybe Leon as Claire yeah, as yeah. survivors. Yeah, that'd I be feel great. like Mr. X would be great because instead that, of having yeah. the terror radius and the heartbeat, it could just be his stomps. Oh, that's good. Um, See, now yeah, I, now so, I just want this. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I want you to want put this, this in my head. Yeah, if <laughs> you're like... listening, Capcom, you get, you get the one for free. We're putting it in the hat. I mean, they got Silent Hill in there, so yeah. there's no excuse for not getting some resident, like arguably the most popular horror franchise in the world, not getting any representation in there at the moment. Yeah, that is true. Like, did, what, did they add RoboCop in there too? No, know. that's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. That's that's not a joke. R- Robocop is in yeah. Mortal Kombat 11. He was added in the yeah, I know. DLC, and he's just... really good. And he's and they got Peter Weller oh. to voice him. Oh wow! Just like okay. how they actually got Sylvester Stallone to voice Rambo in MK11 as well. Oh, and yeah, ter- and Terminator I heard, I heard about as well. That too. Yeah, I did. No. Did they get Arnold they did, for that? Oh, did they not? No. I was convinced that was him. Very good impersonation. There's someone else oh, who else was there. I feel like there's another guest character in MK11 who's a famous a character. What kind of guest characters? It's the weirdest Smash Bros ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mortal Kombat 10 had a- had Alien, Predator, Leatherface, and Jason as guest characters in it. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, last 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 being last thing here. Are there enough ghosts? I don't know if there are any ghosts, are there? There's not ghosts, I... but RE4... Uh, Resident Evil 4 went through multiple prototypes, and one of them originally was like a castle with ghosts. There's videos of it on YouTube, where it was like a, a, a ghost yeah. with a hook that attacks Leon. One of the original uh, okay. prototypes. Yeah, I, feel, I, feel like, cool. so ghost I feel like ghosts would make it a little too busy. Like, there's already zombies. Yeah, there's like fucking werewolves yeah. and vampires and <laughs> Frankensteins or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Might as well have aliens in it too. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just go full American Horror Story on it. Um, all right, let's get out of here. So, uh, welcome to Time for Games. Uh, this is a fun game where called Zombie Land. Um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say the name of a media or franchise that is uh, that has zombies in it, and uh. You know how, like, uh, in everything, they like nobody can say the word zombies. Oh, yeah, I hate that so reason. much. It drives me nuts. <laughs> that why, why, why can't you just call them zombies? Why is it like? Because they always go with nope. this idea, like Walking Dead. It was like John Romero never made any of his zombies. Oh, you're, you're gonna spoil it. Oh, you're gonna spoil it. You're gonna spoil the game. Right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what I'm gonna do here is go through, uh, name some franchises or things that have zombies in them, and. Uh, first, I'll give anyone an opportunity if they know already what the zombies are called in that. Like, uh, go and shout it out. And if not, I have some multiple choice options for you guys to, to guess which what the zombies are called in this okay. thing. All right, so let's start off a little easier. We have Days Gone. Did anyone play that? No. I have not. Uh, wasn't it Freakers or Creepers? Was it Freakers or Creepers? Freakers. It I was... played a bit of Days Gone. Yeah, yeah, it was Freakers. Okay, nice, nice. I figured somebody would have seen that. Um, yeah, so yeah, like, oh yeah, we don't go that way. That's where the freakers are. <laughs> I was like, just just call them zombies. But yeah, I'll like say. I don't see why they like all these like properties of try and invent new words for zombies. But realistically, if there was a zombie outbreak, people would just go, yeah, that's a zombie. Yeah, that's like zombie. it's culturally we all know them as zombies. We wouldn't invent a yeah. new word for them. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the ones that have done that, like I won't say it, but Walking Dead, I think in that universe there was never any zombie <laughs> movies or any kind of fictional zombie media. Yeah. Hence why they didn't have a word for it. Yes, I think that's correct. Um, Which I just think is absurd. Just call them zombies. Very dumb. It's simple. Okay, how about Left for Dead? Um, Kyle, I don't know if you remember this. Um, so here, does anyone know? Wait, did they not? Call them zombies? No, they're, they're not called call zombies. Infected or something? Nope, they're called some. They have a name. I'll, I'll give you some options here. Mm. I guess I Whiskey missed that Delta, or... Zulu Oscar, or Lima Delta. Wait, say that again. Mm. Whiskey Delta, Zulu Oscar, or Lima Delta. One of those three. I say... My girl in six is saying whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say whiskey <clears> Delta <throat> too. I've played a lot of Left 4 Dead, but I can't think. Yeah, they are called Whiskey Delta because of Walking uh, Dead. Ooh. Whiskey yep. Delta yeah. nailed it. 
Yep. Ah. <laughs> yep, yep. Nice. <laughs> All right. How about World War Z? Did anyone read that? Uh, that's an amazing book, I've by the way, if you haven't read it. I haven't read it. No, I've the movie's not real. The movie's not real. <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry. I just have to say something quickly. World War Z is a phenomenal book. It, it's, it's an anthology of stories that, in the fictional world of this, was collected by the author. And, like, he goes to... 70 different countries and interviews different people about the zombie war that they all just experienced and like puts it in chronological order and then the movie is brad pitt doing like a, a an extended version of three of those like 70 <laughs> stories and he's in a helicopter <laughs> it's 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 such a creative idea for a book and then like they fucking whatever anyway does anyone know what they're called no, I've played the game a bunch. The game's pretty fun, but... I I've heard the game's okay. Using... I can't remember them using something no. different. Okay. So their I name... feel like I'll know uh... it once I hear it. Okay, here are our options. Max, Zeke, or Zambos. Oh, it's Zeke. Yeah, I was going to say Zeke. Yeah, you're right. It okay, is Zeke. Immediately yeah, it's Zeke. Zeke. Soon as I call yeah, Zeke. Yeah. Nice, nice. Alright, uh, how about Zombieland? Oh. Did they not just call it Zombies? Oh, God, no. It's... How can I not remember this? For a movie yeah. called Zombieland, surely they would just call them zombies. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, not, not I'm gonna need the options, but I'll, I'll know it when I hear it. I think. Yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll yeah. know this one. Jackers, Arnold's, or T800. Never mind. <laughs> I did, I did yeah, know that. I thought I would know. It's just, it's just not there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. Yeah, Jack, why not? Yeah. No, they're called T800s they're... because they're reminiscent of the Terminator. They're not reminiscent of fucking <laughs> zombies. <laughs> Everybody is in in the Zombieland universe. Everyone's seen Terminator. No one's ever heard of a zombie. <laughs> I'm so angry. That's made me rationally angry. All right. How about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? I forgot that existed. Oh. You're better for it. J- like James or Austin's maybe. <laughs> call Just Austin. call them Austin. <laughs> we got a couple of Jane Austens coming in on the right. Or or, or it's going to be something that Americans think sounds British. Um. Yeah, you're right. It is. Um. Okay, here are your options. Unconsecrated, unmentionables, unmarked. Um, un- I'm going to go unconsecrated. Unmarked. I'm saying unmentionables. It is unmentionables. <laughs> hey! <laughs> unmentionables! They're like, we just don't talk about the unmentionables. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually a very British way of referring to a yeah, zombie, it, I think. Like, uh, Americans warped sense of, of British, yes. Okay, you, what, okay, I'm sorry. You guys are the creators of The Troubles. <laughs> There was some trouble going on there. <laughs> you can't dispute it. I mean, it's straight to the yeah. point. You <laughs> tell me fancy. there wasn't yeah. trouble there. You know, maybe caused by <laughs> us, but, you know. Uh, Alright, how about Evil Dead? Does anyone know? Um, Deadites. Yep, you got it. Uh, how about Night of the Living Dead? Uh, the Living Dead? <laughs> no? Zed's... Uh, Good guess. Uh, now, this is, again, remember, Night of the Living Dead is George Romero's movie that was sort of the birth of the modern idea of the zombie. Um, Are they just so, called Undead? Or Dead, maybe? Here's some here's some options. Zombies, ghouls, or them. I want to say them. Like them. Zombies, zombies has got to be too obvious. It's got to be them. Or ghoul. I think ghouls. It is ghouls, oh. actually. And yeah. no, yeah, zombies wasn't too obvious because no one had thought of zombies yet. <laughs> Um, the original word zombie comes from a voodoo culture, by the way. It's part of a, a voodoo thing to, like, bring a, a body back to life as a servant. 
Um, they, this was the first time they were seen as like monsters, though. It was in Night of the Living Dead. Um, okay, how about warm, how about the movie, movie Warm Bodies? Oh which shit! Saw. I actually I I am the only and also I read the book. I'm the only Warm Bodies stan. Wow, there is a book. a book, and it's it, it's the same as World War Z. It is very fucking good. Um, it's it's oh, not okay. like it, it's not anything like the movie. Essentially, Warm Bodies is maybe the only movie where I've ever walked out and said I have no thoughts on this film. But I just saw. <laughs> it, is, it is a completely <laughs> devoid of meaning film. It, it leaves you empty. Yes. But the the book. And it came out on Valentine's Day, and I went with my then-girlfriend, oh, we saw it, and we're like, okay, we have nothing to speak about with this movie. I, it's not like it was bad, I don't want to talk about it, I just have nothing to say. <laughs> the, the, I would really recommend the book if anyone's um, interested in the zombie okay. genre. It gets very philo- philosophical, he's, um, yeah, because he's essentially just a human trapped in like this rotting body, so it's just the struggles of that, basically. Um, it's- do you, now, do you remember what the zombies were called? I'll give you some options here. Lovers. Bonies, I'm going to go with. Huggers or bonies. I'm going to say bonies. Yeah. I'm going to go with huggers. Yeah, it's, got, it's bonies, hey. dude. I love those bonies. Because <laughs> of the bones, right? They're not wrong. <laughs> They're not wrong. Just say zombies. No okay, I've got a few more. How about the Maze Runner? Oh, I forgot about that. Don't remind me of that. I loved those I'm thinking, books. I'm thinking of the films, really, unfortunately. Really yeah, film. Try, try, try being a resident again. Evil how, fan. How does that keep happening? Based <laughs> on it. Oh no! Nobody does. I specifically didn't want to talk about the movies. <laughs> okay, uh, here are your options: cranks, rancids, flatheads. I think they're cranks, aren't they? I'm gonna say rancids, just to make sure we've got all of them. Okay. God, your base is covered. They are cranks. Hey, I know my... I'm I a like, true I maze runner. I came up with flatheads, and I felt good about that. <laughs> that sounds real. Um, okay, uh, in... Okay, so in Naruto, there are zombies, interestingly. But to make it a little more fun, I've, I've found the direct translation for what they're called from Japanese, so it doesn't sound very good. So here are some options for you. Undead puppets... Dead walkers or yeah, unseen, unseen servants. servants. Sounds like the one. Unseen servants. Unseen servants. That sounds like yeah. yeah. No, it's undead puppets. Oh. Much less exciting. <laughs> Lame. Um, in the English version, they're just called uh, uh, zombies. So thank God. That's boring. Uh, how about Z Nation? Oh, I've actually watched that. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you know what they're called? No. <laughs> Okay. So, so, what what did you think of Z Nation, Kyle? Yeah, <laughs> it's very out there. <laughs> it's a very weird series. Not very memorable, but apparently. Like, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't take itself too seriously, so it's. Oh, okay. I mean, it's pretty good, but it got old after a little while. Okay. Um. So, are are they called talkers, Z's, or puppies? I think I'll say Z's. I'm gonna say puppies. I'm go- I'm, Although that could be wrong. I'm good. I'll go with the other one. <laughs> no, okay, Luke, you you got good instincts today. They are puppies. <laughs> I paid I paid extreme attention to that show. If you can't tell. <laughs> All right, got a few more here. Uh, the Forest of Hands and Teeth. I don't know if anyone's read Never that. Never heard of it. Um, it's a it's a fairly popular YA novel series. I've not read it, but I I definitely know of it. Um, it's pretty big. But all right, um, I'll, I'll give you some options. Mudo. Jingashi or Necrotics? Jingashi. 
Necrotic sounds cool. Necrotics. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mudo. <sighs> yeah, worst one. By the way, everything I've read here are is according to Zombiepedia a real name for a zombie in some form of oh. fiction. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there is something where they're called necrotics, which is cool. Um, all right, last one here. Uh, of course, we had to end with The Walking Dead. Um, stinkers, lame brains, or the wasted. Wait, I thought they were called walkers. In the yeah. Walking Dead. They have many names, actually. Yep. In fact, they have they have twenty different names. Oh boy! Not one of them is zombie, right? Nope, none of them are zombie. Did you say no. lame brains was one? Yeah, yeah, that's a, I did. Yeah, that's I'll go with that. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, the trick of this one is that they're all hey, real. wonderful, <laughs> amazing lore, guys. Um, good lore, good lore. Oh, you you call them lame lame brains? We call them free face mouths. Over in this tribe. <laughs> God. Uh, Alright. So, um, I'm going to say we all lost yep. that game. <laughs> nothing was ga- nothing all of us, was including game. Me. It was, it <laughs> was the warm bodies <laughs> of games. <laughs> this is, I've, I've said that so many times. This is the warm bodies of video games. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we'll have to start inserting that in Game Luster reviews and just not drawing attention to it. Just yeah, acting yeah. like it's something everyone should understand. Everyone would say, yeah, bear down for midterms. Um, Okay, so, yeah. No, thank you, thank you. So, uh, let's let's wrap up. Uh, Thank you to Todd Howard for buying Shinji Mikami (laughs) (laughs) and doing the uh the uh what is it the evil within evil within yeah, yeah. i was gonna I yeah, thought, at yeah. first i thought you were joking i was like oh wait no he owns they bought his uh tango <laughs> or whiskey or yeah. whatever it was tango gameworks tango gameworks yeah so shinji mikami by the way did leave uh capcom in the uh late 2000s and formed tango gameworks as an independent studio and they were bought by bethesda like three months after they were formed yeah i before they had, i have a friend who absolutely raves about the evil within two and tells me i should play it all the time oh yeah i've heard it i've heard those games are like you know good the, like if you like resident the evil, first like, ones like i started playing couldn't get into it but i hit like i hear it i know a lot of people that go nuts for the second one and say it's really good okay nice um yeah so uh yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Luke. What do you what are you doing right now? What you got? I'm just looking at Twitter, otherwise. No, I meant like, do you want to plug anything? Uh, my Yakuza video is nearly done. I've just got it premieres being an asshole and not exporting it properly. Okay, what was it? Is it Yakuza Zero? Yakuza Zero, talking I'm talking about. And then, okay, hopefully, is that a spoiler video? I don't. No, I'm trying to keep it spoiler free because I'm trying okay. to convince you people they should go play that game because it's amazing. Yeah, I actually do own that game. I have not opened it yet, but I, I, since I saw Like a Dragon, though, I've been like really wanting to play that one. So I'm kind of like holding off until that comes out for a PS5, and I'm gonna grab it. You should definitely play after Um, zero. It's absolutely yeah. I'll I'll, I'll probably get to zero afterwards. Um, okay. Um, uh, Kyle, uh, do you have any any plugs today? (laughs) Um, I don't have any plugs, but I do have a little fun fact that uh, brings everything around full circle. Earlier we were talking about the highest-selling GameCube game made by a different uh-huh. publisher besides Nintendo. It's actually Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. <gasps> nice! <laughs> nice! Sonic fans stay winning! Yes! Yes! 
Oh, we don't God. miss. Sega needed to die, so that's that, that, so We don't just miss. Do one where Eggman pisses on the moon, right? Yeah, yeah it's that one. Yeah, that's it's correct. that one. <laughs> that's, that's my only he knowledge. Just, that Eggman, Eggman literally destroys the moon as a warning, and he's like, I'll do it to Earth, that, too. That, that was almost my pick for like the craziest side of Spine, just literally pissing on the moon. So my only experience with Sonic is that channel that's done all the dubs over them. Oh god, that, that's amazing. Oh yeah, I was actually I actually didn't know about them until this week. Somebody sent me this and was like, "Oh, I know." Oh my god, they're this. so and good. I, like, I do. There was they, very, they, I, I knew that they were. They did a Resident <laughs> Evil Two one as well. It's really funny. Oh, we're plugging that. <laughs> oh okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 yeah, that's a good plug. Uh, okay, Ree, what do you have? Um, I just put the first episode of my pub encounter let's play um, on the on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is a pub-based dating simulator where you get to choose from your uh, an amazing selection of creepy middle-aged men. So please check that out. It's a very accurate simulation <laughs> of most English pubs. <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, I, w- I did watch a little bit of that uh, so far. I, I, I really just kind of wanted to skip to the part where Kate found uh, the, the Arden impersonator. Oh, God, yeah, I've gone with the Arden impersonator. Uh, we, we apparently if you we ever have... show up to a Weatherspoons in the UK in the middle of the day, there's always oh, like, God, no. scattered around the it's place the drinking worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah, you know, a piece of advice, ladies, do not go to a Weatherspoons uh, before 8 o'clock. <laughs> Or after right, 8 just, o'clock. Just don't actually. go into a Weatherspoons. <laughs> just don't go there alone. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just creepy old men, like, all drinking by themselves. It's, oh god, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, that is the pub encounter experience. Uh, um, do we, we don't really have, like, pubs here, I don't think. Like, yep, I don't think we have them bars. in the same sense. I mean, we have bars, yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it, it'd be hard to, I think it'd be hard to track down a bar that isn't also, like, a restaurant, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Um... Yeah, but I, I, I do like the idea of the English pub encounter. <laughs> well, I don't like it. But... <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's not a good thing, man. It's weird. <laughs> um, okay, uh, yeah, and I am uh, currently working on my top 15 indie video games coming up that you've never heard of. I know exactly all the things you've experienced, the viewer, and I know exactly what it you haven't heard of. It doesn't surprise me. Here it is. Um, and then I also have my first episode of my Steam Backlog Diaries for the month of January coming out. I'm going to actually be doing the last stream of that, I think, tonight. Um, it's Saturday right now. So, yeah, I think tonight I'm going to be doing uh, one more stream for my sixth game uh, to go through. Um, and, uh, hey, maybe I'll, maybe it'll be Resident Evil 4. <laughs> I mean, you should definitely play that game. It's very good. It's very a very important part of third-person shooting history. Now, I will say that I did try to play Resident Evil 4 on my PlayStation before, and I legitimately threw up. Ah. Um, the camera and motion controls maybe don't, like, work so good anymore. And I've, I've never gotten sick from, like, other... I've never gotten that sick from another video game before, but, like, that... And I, I loved the game, actually. I was very invested in, like, the whole Las Plagas thing, and, like, I even made a whole D&D quest for it in my, in my game. Because it was so interesting, but like I legitimately like threw up. That could be like, fun on stream. With... Yeah, um, I think. Well, I, the reason I bought it, I got on on PC, is because I think there are some mods I can use to like change the camera and control scheme a little, and maybe I can you know actually play the game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited for that because I I know everyone says how good it is, and I I believe it's you. it's I a little rusty. Like... Obviously, it hasn't aged perfectly, but I think I think that game is still really fun. I could totally just play yeah, yeah, that yeah. game through. 
I don't know. I've played it through. I like it a hundred times on almost every different platform. Damn. Um, yeah. So I, I'm. I, there's actually a first-person patch that apparently re like like completely gets rid of like the motion sickness that a lot of people feel from it. So I might I might give that a go too. Um, okay. So um, yeah, I, I, you can find us on Twitter at GameBustersPod. Um, please tweet at us, uh, Tweetos. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I hope that wasn't an offensive term. <laughs> Um, you're gonna turn out it's some kind of slur to it's some very specific vague not well known group of people um yeah so um yeah you can find us on twitter um yeah hit us up with any suggestions for any games you want us to cover resident evil um, 2 remake yeah we'll probably honestly we'll probably I, uh, resident evil's looking so hot right now we'll probably just be back on re2 next week anyway so I'm getting, I'm, I'm totally down um, yeah, so, yeah, um, and you can find, uh, um, uh, all of our stuff at GameLuster.com and YouTube.com slash GameLuster. We have lots of cool videos and articles and content there. Um, I just saw that on our YouTube channel we have a new banner, and it, it says, uh, we have, like, podcasts and videos and other stuff, You're tips, welcome. I spent a whole half an hour on that. <laughs> this, I did not okay. know. As a head of video, I did not know that. <laughs> mentioned it in the editor's thing once that's all that's, that's all you need i haven't seen it is yet but i bet it's is terrible now, is this a changing. Struggle? you know mario kart wii's getting plastered all over it oh absolutely not you you're just gonna put you're just gonna put a, a, a glossy jpeg of the mario kart wii box art just on the side <laughs> in, and then, and then it's stretched out all the way across the top of the bag chris 2008 <laughs> quality Okay, um, great. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, let's see. Um, I, I'm wanting to, like, sort of... Uh, I, I know we've been having fun with, like, whoever wins the thing, like, gets to do the outro. I want us to, like, come up with, like, a catchphrase that we can, like, say at the end, like, every time to kind of give it a, a sort of sense of consistency. Does anyone have any ideas they want to put Double in the Double Dash is the best hat? Mario Kart. Imagine wanting consistency. It doesn't... That doesn't, in this podcast. It doesn't seem like that would provide consistency. Yeah, yeah but it would annoy well, me. I guess it would. That's all I need. Yeah. Kyle, do you have any suggestions? Mm. No. <laughs> okay, everybody... No, stop. Actually, no, I have an idea. Everybody, open up your phone right now, go to your, like, text messages or whatever, and look at the last message you sent oh, to somebody, shit. and just read that. Oh, God, mine's topical. Right, what hey, uh, started late, going to be about 20 minutes. That was me to my dad about dinner. And that I said that, that's I said pretty that 10 past mm. 8. <laughs> so That's that's pretty consistent. <laughs> so um, I am very late for dinner. <laughs> mine is mine was to Kyle and it says jump in the Discord. <laughs> uh mine I mean, was that's... to my fiance about being on the podcast and I said, "Yeah, coming in clutch." <laughs> Okay, hold on. <laughs> Alright, I'll, I'll give a little test run here. Alright, thank you guys for joining us here mine. at Game Busters. Oh, wait, sorry, Luke. Mine's not I, even I mean, that I, good I, I now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, well, no, tell me now. It was a text to my dad saying, Mom wants some flour as well. <laughs> Can we... oh, okay. The best catchphrase. Oh, see. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to close it like this. Remember then. to get some um, flour. Remember to pick up some flour for your dad because you are late to dinner. Coming in clutch, <laughs> it's Game Bus. Nailed it. <laughs>
There's going to be so many people that are both terrified and have an erection while they're playing Rhythm of the Lake. Only way I know how. 